Welcome to the Community Christian Church Podcast. Today's message is a part of a series entitled, What If? For more information about our church, visit cccsterling.org. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Chris Ria. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a teaching pastor here at Community Christian Church, and we're in the second week of a series called What If? And we're tackling some big what if questions. Last week, Pastor Tony addressed one of the biggest fears on the earth today is what happens when I die? And he tackled that subject last week. I encourage you to go go back and listen to the podcast on that. But today what I want to answer is what if God had an extraordinary call on your life? What if? I mean, sometimes we look at people like Billy Graham. We look at Christine Kane. We look at some of these big-name people and we say, well, they have an extraordinary call on their life. But what if God has an extraordinary call on your life? And maybe it doesn't look exactly like it did for them. But that doesn't mean it can't be extraordinary. So how do we figure that out? How do we figure out what God's call is on each of our lives? Well, in a a message that I preached, Kill the Spider Part 3, a few weeks back, I talked about how we need to place ourselves in environments, the right environment. I, I equate it to Psalm 1, where the psalmist said, we need to be like a tree planted by the streams of water. And if we are that tree and we meditate on God's word and we meditate on God's ways and we spend time with God and he's our constant source, that whatever we do will prosper. And I believe that wholeheartedly. You see, our call and our purpose is more about who we are than what we do. It's always who before do in the kingdom of God. And for the purpose of this message, I want to get really practical and talk about how to receive some divine direction from God so you know how to walk in the extraordinary calling that God has for you, because I believe he has an extraordinary call for each of us. And it's up for us, because he loves us, because he gives us a free will, it's up for us to decide if we're going to walk in that extraordinary call. See, not all of us get a burning bush experience. Not all of us get to walk by a burning bush and it speak to us and tell us what to do with our lives. But more oftentimes, we discover God's call on our lives by figuring out how he has wired us. See, God has created and wired us, each of us, very uniquely. And when we discover our gifts and our talents and how God's wired us, then we begin to walk in those and make small key decisions along the way, and eventually that can catapult us into our destiny. You see, we need to be pointed in the right direction. Pastor Andy Stanley puts it like this. He says, direction, not intention, determines destination. You see, a lot of us have good intentions. We all have good intentions. But sometimes we don't always fulfill uh, the, the end of those intentions. They just become intentions. But what we need is for God to give us some divine direction, point us in the right direction so we can walk in that extraordinary call. 
You see, most people look at others who are successful and they figure that those people made one or two really big decisions that set them up for success. Or they think someone else made a couple really big decisions and set someone else up for success. But the opposite's true. It's the small choices no one sees that results in the big impact that everyone wants. It's those small choices. If you really think about life, life is the sum of all of your choices. The choices that you've made up until this point, good or bad, have gotten you right where you are today in life. And the choices you make tomorrow and the next day and the day after that will set up and determine your future. And that's why it's so important to have that divine direction, to be led by God's Spirit. You see, getting divine direction requires trusting in God, that He's leading you, that the God who created everything actually has a plan for you and wants to be involved in your life. But sometimes, I don't know about you, but it feels like I don't really know the direction. I'm supposed to go, and it almost feels like I'm walking around with a blindfold on sometimes. And that reminds me of when I was in college. I went to North Central University, and what they did the first week of college is they tried to get us all to get to know one another. So I was on a dorm floor of 30 to 32 guys, total strangers living with them, and I was trying to get to know them. And then what the, what the school did is they assigned us what's called a sister floor, another 30 or 32 girls, and they take this community of about 60 people and the two resident advisors, they create events for us to get to know one another. See, the school wants you to create some kind of community so you have people that you can do life with throughout the year. So one of the first things they did is they wanted us to develop trust. So they decided to take us on a trust walk in downtown Minneapolis. So I'm downtown Minneapolis, it's a new environment, and what they want to do is they paired us up, one guy, one girl, we all got paired, and they said, okay, every guy is going to put a blindfold on right now, and the girl is going to lead them around the city, and you have to trust them. And I said, what? I'm not doing that. (laughs) My father was a Detroit policeman. And my future father-in-law at the time was a Pontiac policeman. And they told me, if you don't know your environment, always keep an eye open. Always look around. Always know what's happening around you. And you want me to put a blindfold on in the middle of downtown Minneapolis? No, I'm not doing it. And so she was like, this girl, she got really kind of snippy with me. Oh, little baby. Mommy and daddy aren't here anymore to hold your hand and walk you around the city. Do you need a tissue? Are you going to cry? And I was like, whoa. I don't know you. And so she, after a lot of back and forth banter, she got me to put the blindfold on. I did put it in a little area where I could see through it, I got to be honest. So she's leading me around the city, and she's having so much fun with this, and she's, I'm tripping over things, and she's cracking up over here and laughing at me, and it wasn't a great experience. And then all of a sudden, 
the resident advisor says, okay, switch. See, she didn't know the blindfold was going to eventually be put on her. And so it was. She put the blindfold on. And I'm walking her around the city, and I see it in front of me. A fountain. (laughs) A fountain. So I walk her right towards this fountain, and I say, take a giant step up. She steps up, and she's on the edge of the fountain. And I'm thinking, should I do this or not? And I'm looking around, and she's like, something seems weird. I hear water. Are you sure this is okay? I'm like, do you trust me? This is a trust walk here. And she says, yeah. And I say, okay, take one giant step. And I did it. She went right in the water, splash. She takes the blindfold. She said, I thought you said to trust me. I said, this is why you don't blindfold people and walk around the city when you don't know. I'm not really that much of a jerk. I know some of you have just passed judgment on me. This was 20 years ago, okay? I was young and a little bit immature, and I wanted to make a, make a point. But the truth is, I didn't know them very well. And they didn't know me yet. And it's hard sometimes to just trust each other. And I wasn't ready yet, but as I got to know the people on my dorm floor, as I got to know this sister floor, we started to build this trust and this relationship where I allowed them to speak into my life, and they allowed me to speak into theirs, and we actually built a really fun community, and it shaped who we were at college. And allowing yourself to be led by God can be similar. You know, some of us don't want to relinquish control. We don't want to put that blindfold on. Some of us are afraid he's going to lead us into the water. But we have to be willing to put it on sometimes and trust God, even when we don't don't always understand what's happening. You see, it's taking small steps towards trusting God that allows us to, to be led by him. It's not always that big, blind leap of faith, but sometimes it's just the small steps. It's just the small things. It's making those small, right choices every single day that can lead to an extraordinary call in our lives. You see, building it and stacking hundreds and hundreds of small choices, one after the next. Vincent Van Gogh, he said it this way. He said, Great things are done by a series of small things brought together. When you think about it, just those little things sometimes that can change your life. You know, making a decision to pack your lunch every time you go to work instead of eating out can drastically change your financial future. That little choice can get you out of debt and make you more financially secure. You could add years to your life by simply stopping by the gym on your way home from work instead of just going home and plopping on the couch and binge-watching Netflix all night. I think that hit home for some people. (laughs) Making a choice to reach out to someone when you're down or you're hurting can drastically change your outlook. On life. You see, most of us struggle to connect these small choices we're constantly making with big differences 
in our lives. And I really believe that sometimes we're looking for this audible voice. We're looking for God to just show up and tell us exactly what to do. But God is saying, I've wired you with gifts and talents that, and I've, I've put my spirit in you and I've given you wisdom to make these small right decisions that can lead you to live an extraordinary life. In just a few minutes, all our people over here in the cool blue shirts, they're going to get baptized. And they've made a huge decision, not a small one, but they've made a huge decision to get baptized. What they're saying is in front of all of their family and friends is that I'm going to follow Jesus Christ with my life. That's my choice. I'm going I'm to live my life differently. I'm going to live my life according to the, the wisdom in this book and the principles of God instead of just living it like other people do. They're going to get in here, and what happens in this tank is they go down one way, and they, they, uh, they, they kind of see in their minds, they identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and they come up a different way, a new creation, the Bible says. The old is gone, the new is here. And they're going to go on and live their lives for Jesus. But the thing is, they're going to be faced with small choices every single day. Things that are going to come up in this life. And it's those small choices that will shape all of their future and ours. You see, you can't change your past. None of us can do that. But we can rewrite our story and change our future. You see, God did not create us to live out of, play, out of a place of tragedy, always struggling always to end up defeated. He didn't do that. He didn't want us to be defeated by just a few bad decisions we made. So he came up with this plan for redemption so that we can be free from some of those poor choices that we've made in the past and have such an incredible future with him. And I believe God has this extraordinary call and he's gonna point us all in the right direction. He's going to lead us. And for the rest of this message, I want to just give you two small things that you can do, two small choices that you can make to really start walking in the extraordinary calling that God has for you. And those two choices are simply this. Start and finish. Start and finish. Those are the two choices. I think two of the biggest mistakes you can make in life are not starting and not finishing. Zechariah 4.10 put it this way. He says, Do not despise small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Do not despise the small decisions, the small starts, the small things, because God just wants to see the work begin, and once he does, he can get involved in it. You know, I'm an idea guy. I have no problem starting things. My problem's finishing them. Anyone else like that? I can start a lot of things, but finishing can be the problem. I mean, I'm one of those guys who has a new idea, and I'm not satisfied with me just learning something. Then I have to take it to everyone else, and they need to know what I know. In fact, when I was a youth pastor and ministering to teenagers on a regular basis, 
other youth pastors, as I got older and older, some younger youth pastors would come to me and they wanted me to kind of mentor them and, and teach them some, some ways of how to be a youth pastor. And they would call me on Wednesday morning and they would say, I've got nothing to preach tonight. I just don't have a sermon. Can you send me your notes? No, you go write your own message. But it, it got me thinking about this, that a lot of youth pastors are last minute, and I wanted to teach them how they could plan way in advance and how to prepare sermons and outlines that could really help them so that they don't have to do ministry at the last minute. So I got this idea, another youth pastor friend and myself, we got this idea to create a website called lastminuteyouthpastor.com. That was our idea. We were going to teach youth pastors not to be last minute. We bought the domain. We started hosting the site. We never did anything with it. Two years went by, and then it expired. Uh, so sometimes I have a problem finishing things, and I'm learning as I mature in life to know what I can start and how to finish what I start. Thankfully, I have a wife that helps me in that area. But other people, they never start. And I want to tell you that it's never too late to start something. I don't care how old you are, it's never too late to start. In fact, my grandfather is turning 90 next month, and my grandfather and grandmother lead a bowling life group for seniors here at this church, and it's never too late to start something. Any day you choose, you can start. And what I love about God is he gives us this promise that in his word he says, I am the author and the finisher of your faith. And God loves to get involved with us as he's leading us and help us make something ordinary become extraordinary. Sometimes we just think about the final chapter of our lives or we just think about down the road and we never even take that first step to start something. You know, if you wanted to run a marathon, if that's the story you want to tell someone someday is, hey, I did it. I got that 26.1 sticker on my car. I want to run a marathon. Well, sorry, 26.2. I was way off. Um, but if you want to do that, You can't just go out and run a marathon today with no training. You got to start doing something, jogging, walking, even 20 minutes a day. But you can start that today. That's one step in the direction of the end of your story. And the point is this. It's to create small little habits today that can change your future tomorrow. And I want to look at the life of a guy by the name of Daniel in the Bible for a minute. You can turn if you have your Bibles to Daniel 6. If you don't, don't worry. It's going to be on the screen behind us. But Daniel was alive, and at this period of time, just to give you some context about what we're about to read, there was a king named King Darius, and he was reigning in Persia. And Persia was a powerhouse back then. And as the king of Persia, as their kingdom grew... The king appointed 120 satraps, similar to 
our present-day governors to handle regional matters and to help govern the people. So the king had three administrators who oversaw these 120 satraps. And Daniel was one of these chosen leaders. And over time, because of how excellent Daniel was and how amazing of a man he was, the king ended up promoting him to be the head over the entire kingdom of Persia. So how did he get there? Why, did, why would the king appoint Daniel over anyone else to be, to rule this kingdom? What was it about Daniel? Why was he excellent? Why was he successful? Why did the king favor him above others? Why did he respect him? Why did he promote him? There was people who did it longer, who knew more. So why Daniel? Well, I want to look at that for a minute and maybe have a suggestion of why the king promoted Daniel. But before I, I get into that, I want you to know that Daniel wasn't liked by the other leaders because Daniel had this special bond with the king and the king loved him. And everybody was trying to find dirt on Daniel. They were trying to find something on him to, to show the king that this guy isn't who he says he are. He, he says he is, but they couldn't find anything. So let's pick up the story in Daniel 6, chat, uh, verse 4. The Bible says, At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. They couldn't find anything on this guy. He was honest, trustworthy, and dependable, the exact kind of person the king was looking for. So let's go on to verse 6. It says, So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, May King Darius live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. So see, these guys knew that Daniel prayed to God every single day. They knew that this was a habit that Daniel had for a long time. And they knew he was a man of God and a man of character. So they convinced the king to come up with this ridiculous rule that if anyone were to pray to anyone else other than him, they'd be thrown into a den of lions. And so what did Daniel do? Daniel did the same thing he did every day. He went home and he prayed to his God. And because he prayed and someone saw him praying, the king had no choice but to throw him into a den of lions. And that's worse than getting thrown into a fountain any day, just for the record. But three times a day, Daniel prayed. And I want to tell you that I believe that it's this habit of prayer that Daniel developed early in his life that set him up for great success. 
The Bible says three times a day, every day, Daniel stopped what he was doing. He cleared his schedule, and he spent time with God, praying, seeking, worshiping, meditating on his ways, on his laws, on his word. And I believe it was in those moments that God began to give Daniel this divine direction this divine wisdom that God began to prepare Daniel for things like being thrown into a lion's den because of his faith. See, God prepared this man and he led him by his spirit because Daniel took the small step, a small choice, made one small decision to seek God on a regular basis, to know God, to know who he is. See, that's what God desires. God wants us to know him. God gave everything so that he could be with us. He sent Jesus to us to die on the cross for our sin so that when Jesus raised from the dead and we put our faith in him, there's no longer anything blocking us from having a vibrant, growing relationship with God. And he gave us his word. And he says, if you want to know me, here I am. You can know everything about my heart. Everything about my ways is found in this book. And on top of that, when you read this book, I'm going to teach you some things. I'm going to reveal myself to you and I'm going to help you face the craziest life situations because how many people know life gets crazy sometimes? But God's like, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm with you, and I'm going to lead you, and I'm going to guide you, and I'm going to lead you to have an extraordinary life if you'll make the small choice to spend some time with me, to know me, to walk with me. See, a lot of us want that divine direction, but we're not willing to invest into the relationship to get it. So many people want God to appear to them and give them direction in life. But God has given us so much direction already right here. And he said it's right here and so many of us just have these sitting in our homes. And we're looking for the answers. And God's like, they're right here. They're right here. And if you would make just a small decision to give me 10 or 15 minutes a day, I'll make your life extraordinary. But so many of us, we just don't do it. And then we wonder where God is. See, sometimes it's not God, it's us. Needing to make those small steps towards him that could change our entire lives forever. Reading this book builds our faith. In a world that's trying to rip Christianity and rip faith away, this book builds our faith. It gives us the answers to our questions. It helps us in those tough minute moments that life throws at us. And it helped prepare Daniel to face death, to face a horrible situation. And we know the story. Nothing happens to Daniel in the lion's den. Those lions didn't eat, that, eat Daniel that day. God shut their mouths. 
Daniel came out unharmed. And then the king promoted Daniel. And I believe, I really do with all my heart, it's because of those few minutes a day that Daniel spent, the choice that he made to invest into his relationship with God. The point is starting small. Start something small and then finish it. Bring it into completion. And if you can start some of those small habits every single day, your life can drastically be different tomorrow. Maybe you've been putting off some things in your life. Maybe you've been putting off uh, creating a monthly budget with your spouse. You know you should do it. You're in debt. You want to do it, but you've just been you know, putting it off. Do it today. Have a budget meeting today. Maybe you've been wanting to start eating healthy or exercising, but it's, you keep saying, well, tomorrow or next week, or I'm just a little busy right now, right? Maybe when this happens, I'm like, do it today. Go home. Google healthy eating habits. A ton will come up. Pick one. Start a routine tomorrow. Maybe you really can identify with, you just don't have much intimacy with God. You haven't picked up this Bible in a long time. You don't spend time worshiping or praying or coming to church on a regular basis. Make a choice to do that today. You can go home, pick this book up, and spend 15 minutes reading it, praying through what you're reading, asking God to help you apply what he's saying to you through this word. You can do that today. Maybe you've had an idea for a small business or a ministry and you, you have it in your mind. Maybe it's the not last minute youth pastor, or maybe it's something like that. And you want to start it. Start it. Make a plan. Maybe you've been struggling with emotional pain in your life. Maybe you have some secret sin or addiction that you can't kick on your own. Call a Christian counselor tomorrow. Start talking to someone about it tomorrow. Maybe you've wanted to become a better spouse or a parent. Go to Amazon today and type in parenting books. Type in marriage books. Order one today. We have a blog that we just put out not too long ago called Eight Books That Could Save Your Marriage. You can go and pick one today. Maybe you're trying to make a really difficult decision about your future. Maybe you should start a three-day fast tomorrow. And try to get some divine direction from God instead of just trying to make it that decision on your own. Maybe you've de been debating whether or not to give your life to Jesus Christ once and for all. Maybe you're in this place and you're far from God. Maybe one time you, you had a relationship with God, but your mind's been filled with so much pain or so many doubts or life hasn't turned out the way that you thought it should or would. And so you're just not really doing anything with your faith right now. Maybe you're here for a reason then. Maybe God's trying to draw you back to him. Make that decision today. Put your faith in God today. Maybe you're in here and you've never gotten baptized. You can do that today. We've got clothes. We've got clothes in the back. Ladies, we have toiletries back there. You can get baptized today if you want to. So many times we just, we, we put things off, but I'm telling you, if we could start, 
It doesn't have to be perfect to start something. Sometimes as we start, we just need to jump. We need to take that step and start something small. And I always say, as you get closer to something, you get more clarity as you get closer. You get more clarity to it. Just start doing something. And ask God to help you finish it. See, it's the small decisions that can lead to an extraordinary life. I want to close, but just before I do, I want to show you this quick video of a few students who decided to do something small to change a situation in their school. Let's watch this video. We end the week at a school where lunchtime is fulfilling the spirit. Here's Steve Hartman on the road. When the lunch bell rings at Boca High in Boca Raton, Florida, 3,400 kids spill into the courtyard and split into their social groups. But not everyone gets included. Here at Boca High and at schools across the country, someone always sits alone. It's not a good feeling, like you're by yourself, and that's something I, w I don't want anybody to go through. Dennis Esteban is a Haitian immigrant. When he came here in first grade, he says he felt isolated, especially at lunch. Now he's a senior, he's popular, but he has not forgotten that first grade feeling. To me, it's like if we don't try and go make that change, who's gonna do it? So with some friends, Dennis started a club called We Dine Together. We dine. Together. We dine. Together. We dine. Together. Their mission is to go into the courtyard at lunchtime to make sure no one is starving for company. Dennis. I'm new here. You're new here? When did you first come here? For new kids especially, the club is a godsend. This is Gabriel. Gabe, how you doing? Since it started last He's fall, He's Brazilian. hundreds of friendships have formed. Some very unlikely. You're probably meeting kids you never would meet on the football team. Ever. <laughs> Gene Max Maridu actually quit the football team, gave up all the perks that come with it, just so he could spend more time with this club. I don't, I don't mind not getting a football scholarship. This is what I really want to do. Just imagine how different your teenage years would have been. What's your name? If the coolest kids in school all of a sudden decided you mattered. We'll get to know each other better. It obviously takes a lot of empathy to devote your lunch period to this. Yes. Either that or first-hand experience. I went from coming from a school that I always had friends to coming to where I had nobody, so. Club member Allie Seeley transferred two years ago. She says with no one to sit next to, lunch can be the most excruciating part of the day. It's really unfair. It's honestly an issue. Meeting someone who actually cares and, lis and listens to what you have to say really makes a difference. And that could happen at lunch, that could happen at our club. It's gonna make a difference. And not just here at Boca High. Yeah, I'll be around tomorrow if you wanna eat lunch together or something. Dennis and his team are now trying to open chapters of We Dine Together at schools across the country. And maybe when they're done showing kids how to make outsiders feel accepted, they can teach us adults too. Steve Hartman on the road in Boca Raton, Florida. I'm impressed with a group of teenagers who decided to make a small choice to give up their lunch period. It's a, bi it's a big deal. And, and they said, I'm going to give that up. I'm going to start a club. And I'm making an extraordinary impact in the lives of other kids. I think that's amazing. I and mean, giving up football to do that, 
In my day, when I went to high school, that would have never happened. But I'm so proud of these kids for doing something, doing something, especially in a day of bullying and school shootings and everyone wants to protest this or protest this, but these kids said, no, I'm not going to protest. I'm going to actually come out and do something that can actually make a difference one kid at a time. That's amazing. And, and I think that's what, those little things, that's what leads to, to living extraordinary lives. I think two of the biggest mistakes we can make are not starting and not finishing. And so the question we started with today was, what if God has an extraordinary calling on your life? Well, the truth is he does. He does have an extra, extraordinary calling on each of our lives. But he desires a relationship with us. And as we spend time abiding in him, getting to know him, he will give us some divine direction that we need in our lives. And he will help us to make these small, wise decisions every single day that set up an extraordinary future for all of us. So I have one challenge for all of you today. What's one thing? What's one thing you can start today? Not five things. What's one thing you've been putting off that you could start today? And if you started it, it would lead to an extraordinary life down the road. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you're always leading us, that you're always guiding us, that you're always speaking. And God, I just pray that you would put it in our hearts to get to know you, to seek you, to understand that you want to lead us and you want to guide us by your Spirit. And so we love you, Lord, in this place today. And I just pray you would give us the courage to start and finish, that you would help us in the areas of our lives that we're weak and give us the courage to do the things, to walk with you every single day. And I just pray for this baptism service right now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to go to cccsterling.org media for more messages from Community Christian Church.